Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's the last time, Bender. That's the last time you ever make me look bad in front of those kids. Do you hear me? I make $31,000 a year, and I've got a home, and I'm not about to throw it away on some punk like you. But someday, man, someday, when you're out of here and you've forgotten all about this place, and they've forgotten all about you, and you're wrapped up in your own pathetic life, I'm going to be there. That's right. And I'm going to kick the living shit out of you, man. I'm going to knock your dick in the dirt. You threatening me? What are you going to do about it? You think anybody's going to believe you? You think anybody is going to take your word over mine? I'm a man of respect around here. They love me around here. I'm a swell guy. You're a lying sack of shit. And everybody knows it. Oh, you're tough guy. Hey, hey, come on, come on. Get on your feet, pal. Let's find out how tough you are. I want to know right now how tough you are. Come on, I'll give you the first punch. Let's go. Come on, right here. Just take the first shot. Please, I'm begging you. Take a shot right here. Come on. Just take one shot. That's all I need. Just one swing. That's what I thought. You're a gutless turd. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... Dying times here. Woo! say tim 221 sure sure whatever <laughs> we got a special guest tonight mr parker bowman from pool party radio and junk food dinner and the internets hey i'm excited to be here this is 
like the, like for years and years and years, I'm like, man, if you guys just don't record on a Sunday, I would love to come on. And here it is. So I'm very excited. Well, you can thank Vince McMahon because we're not recording on a Sunday because I am going to watch WrestleMania tomorrow. As am I. Although it looks like it's going to be real bad. Really? Like, I well, hit me. What's going on? Because I watch no wrestling. I love wrestling, but I won't watch it. But if WrestleMania yeah. comes around, I feel like it's my American duty as an American to watch <laughs> WrestleMania. So my, my buddies are coming over tomorrow, and we are having a Tito Santana burrito hoedown jamboree. Tito Santana burrito <laughs> jamboree. This is the fourth annual Tito Santana burrito hoedown jamboree where I make burritos <laughs> and we watch WrestleMania. So who do I have to look forward to tomorrow? Well, I also don't watch it too often, but uh, I've been like catching up to like find out what the storylines are going in, and it's like Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. That's all you had to say. I'm happy now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's actually one of the better ones, but oh, good. um, but you'll you'll notice a trend: uh, Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. That's gonna be really terrible. Yeah, Goldberg Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Battle of the old guys, okay? Yeah, Battle of the old guys. Um, and then like a lot of matches like that where it's like part-time dudes, uh, and like I don't know, like Dean Ambrose versus some dude I've never heard of, Baron Corbin. I don't even know who that dude is. I don't know that guy either. Yeah, this is why I haven't watched wrestling. <laughs> like literally, honest to God, this is why I stopped. Why I stopped re- watching wrestling in like 2011, 2012. I completely forgot. Tim Gross will be played by Hakeem the African Dream this week. And boss man, there are two things in this world that don't last very long. Number one is dogs that chases cars. And number two is law enforcement officers who won't take the money. Hey, man, you, you just coined the phrase. <laughs> <sighs> Formerly the one-man gang. Yes. <laughs> so WrestleMania is just a real poop fest of a card. It looks like it, but I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but it looks like it's just like a bunch of like old part-time wrestlers like being pushed above like young guys who actually know how to wrestle and that's very suspicious, but uh I don't know, who knows. Sounds, we'll see how it goes. That sounds like par for the course with Vince. He'll have a guy like I don't know, the last time I watched it, the only guy that stood out that had like, you know, the total package, everything. He could wrestle, he had charisma was that Dolph Ziggler guy. And from what mm-hmm. I understand, from my buddy Josh, like, they don't give him a chance in hell to do anything. Yeah, he's part of, like, a 30-man battle royal to get a trophy well, at WrestleMania. Well, Parker, since I didn't know you're a wrestling guy, too, and Kyle is speaking of this, I got to ask both ends. Part of the reason I quit watching WWE because that was all there was anymore. Like, I slowly, 2011-2012, started pulling away from watching, because I watched it all, and Kyle knows that, because we constantly have conversations about it. But... We love it, and we, we still don't watch it, though. Yeah, everybody seems the same to me. Like, it's different than the steroid era of like the late 80s early 90s there was still other guys there was little guys there was big guys there was all this stuff now it just seems like no one has personality am i yeah. wrong am i wrong of thinking that you're not wrong uh, oddly enough i think that the dude with the most personality right now is probably like john cena or somebody 
Yeah, and that's what's weird because I remember when he was coming up and like The Rock was becoming a part timer, Stone Cold was injured. I think all those I guys just, are going to be there tomorrow for some reason. Yeah, and it was just one of those things. It's like I'm I, as I was pulling away, it's like it's going to be weird because I feel like I'm going to miss the days of The Rock. I'm going to miss the days of. <laughs> Old ass Undertaker, or Stone Cold showing up for five seconds, or you know, just random stupid stuff like that. Because it's like the you know the days of uh, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, uh, just all those guys were already over, and just having te- like an actual tag team to pay attention to way past the Road Warriors and those tag teams. It was like those days are over. But even days of those newer guys that were from the mid-late 90s on, it was kind of like, man, it's going to be sad because I'm going to be remembering them and be like, at least (laughs) they had personalities. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. Like, even like, like, it's refreshing now when a dude like Triple H comes out and cuts a promo, which like 20 years ago, I would have been like, man, I hate this. Like, 20, about this 10 years terrible. ago, I wanted him to be stabbed in the face. Yeah, exactly. And now he comes out and I'm like, oh, finally, a breath of fresh air. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like, yeah, everybody now in wrestling is just like, you know, super like monster type dudes like Braun Strowman and Luke Harper who like are silent and don't do anything or they're. Uh, I don't know, just like dudes who are like, oh, this is a competition and I'm going to win, brother. Like dudes who are like real chummy chummy I, I, like that. I miss the days of uh, them having like people like Billy Kidman and just not knowing what to do with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I miss those days. I miss like, hey, we're going to bring the Sandman in and we're going to call him Hardcore Hack. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. I, I that was why I kind of pulled away from the wrestling and literally just pay attention to the local independent here in Pittsburgh KSWA. But I, I just as time goes on, I have I really I mean I've always missed ECW, but I really miss those days where it didn't matter big or small, everybody was an equal. It seemed in that federation which was completely different and will never be matched and never can be redone. And even nowadays, like people are saying, well, you, you could bring that back. No, you can't. I, I, I'm past that point. You cannot bring that stuff back. It, it just, it can't be done over. And it just, I feel like there's no personalities and it's just this cookie cut out. And I think that's what's killing WWE. And I just, sometimes I question if I'm wrong on that, but I'm glad I'm hearing I'm not. It, it just, I wonder if it's, only me that's seeing that who I, like I said I've watched wrestling I can't even remember you know when I started but I've always watched it I've watched it in all forms and it's just now you started back in the days of Blackjack Mulligan and shit yeah I mean I <laughs> yeah we're talking the red sensor X that would come across the TV when it was even in black and white uh-huh. it just it just <laughs> <laughs> it just it's those times but and i know they're long gone but man just trying to like i'll hear people talk wrestling and i just i don't even feel the need to talk it anymore it just eh, whatever yeah i think the difference back then was that like you had wwf and wcw like going head to head so like yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So like every 15 minutes, like, cause that's how ratings work. Like every yeah. 15 minutes, like you had to be doing something cool. And now it's just like, well, you can have your big thing at the beginning and your big thing at the end and people will stick around and watch. Cause what else are they going to watch if they like wrestling? Like there's literally nothing else to watch. Well, it, since, okay, since we're not having conspiracy hour, we're <laughs> conspiracy having wrestling hour now. <laughs> <out the window. laughs> yes. Uh, we're having wrestling hour with Mr. Parker Bowman. Wrestle and I've been mm-hmm. drinking for a couple hours now. Uh, I do have to ask, is this, at, what they're doing right now, is this the big reason why I'm hearing stories about how house shows completely suck out loud? They're not drawing at all. And there is, who is it, Dreamer? is running a federation now that seems to be picking up a little steam. And I've heard rumors of, I believe it's Ring of Honor. It's about to throw in the towel and sell off the WWE. Oh, man, don't do that. Yeah, I think I've heard that about TNA, too. But, yeah. Well, TNA, uh, before you even get into your explanation, I'm just going to say right now, to me, TNA hasn't existed for quite a few years. <laughs> Just like in general, I think they had mm-hmm. their time and I think they really, really blew it a, a, quite a few years ago. I, I, I think they blew their wad and kind of destroyed anything they were, they could have done. And it, but go on with your answer. Uh, well, yeah, I, I haven't been to too many indie shows. Like there's a lot of them around here and I go, I wanted to go to this midget wrestling show recently, but I, I, I had to work. I was very upset. We're but, having an extreme midget wrestling. Oh, shit. <laughs> nice. They're trying to make it a regular thing. It's go, it, it's been here about three times in the past year and a half. And from what I'm hearing, they want to make it a every two month thing. You need to get your ass out there and support midget wrestling, Tim Gross. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, Demko is going to be out there. It, but Kyle, I, as cool as it sounds, it doesn't beat the Christmas show at KSWA, and you watch a sixty what sixty three year old Ricky Dragon Steamboat jump over a top rope and just slap a local dude in the chest, and still <laughs> like it was. I was just sitting there, I was amazed. I was like, that motherfucker still has it. It's like, I love it. It's just, that stuff is still cool. Plus, with Demolition Axe and Smash showing up, it's pretty cool, too. Oh, I'm so. sure they're big and sloppy drunks now, right? They've got to be. You know what? No, they're not. Wow. But, uh, what is it? One of them, I don't know if it's Darso or not, lives in Johnstown, PA. Mm. So that's why they're more than willing to, like, they'll even make a surprise appearance every couple of months. He'll show up for a case of beer. Yeah, basically. Yingling, yeah. But uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, Parker. You know, you're the guest, please. Oh. No, no, that's quite all right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't really been out to too many. My friend Gigi, he helps run a promotion in Ohio called Rockstar Pro Wrestling, and I hear that they do pretty well. They like RVD was just out there. Like they get uh, Rhino to wrestle for them sometimes. I see flyers for that sh- that federation. Now, is it true WWE is bringing back RVD? Not that I've heard of. But I wouldn't be surprised. 
There's a lot of ECW guys that have been showing up lately, like Rhino and uh, the Dudleys and stuff. They're in the WWE. I was going to say, I know Rhino's still been making noise on the independent circuit because I'm on his Facebook page. Like, it shows up in my timeline. And I seen, and I think it was through his that I seen that there was stories being put out there that WWE was bringing RVD back this summer. And I was kind of wondering if that was a good thing or not, just for the mere reason. I don't know if RVD is past the point of doing the things he used to be able to do. Because he was one of those wrestlers, I, I believed, as much as I love him as a wrestler, he had a, not an age limit, how to put it, you know at some point in time he's not going to be able to do what makes him good. And I it just I don't see why you would bring him back to WWE, especially since because he never fit into that. Because he's the whole fucking show, Tim. Well, that too. But <laughs> I love him. Fucking show. And it's the same reason they brought in Sabu, and it, you kind of looked like this guy doesn't fit into this. Well, Sabu is just a crazy man. Yeah, but it's still the point. Where you know, I made the point earlier that they don't have personalities. Yeah, well, and Sabu, his... you'll never see Sabu in the WWF for the exact same reason you'll never see. That necro butcher in the WWF. <laughs> Those guys are just bloodthirsty madmen. Well, Sabu was there for five minutes so they could bring in his uncle to the Hall of Fame. Oh, did he bring Bill Alfonso? No, which pissed me off. That sucks. I want, I want. If if RVD comes back, I want, I want the guy who calls it right down the middle. I want Bill Alfonso. Damn right. <laughs> Blowing that whistle, running around. Anyway, we derailed. Uh, Parker, you are the guest. Do you have any recommendations or what have you been watching for the good listeners? Other than oh, uh, watch Spookies every day of their life. Obviously, everybody should watch Spookies. Uh, and also, I feel bad. I went to Horror Hound a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I have this vest that has this huge Spookies back patch, and no one complimented me on it. And I said, what the fuck is this? That you is should come cool. hang out with us because everybody <laughs> Because everybody wants to know when we're bringing our Blu-ray of Spookies out. <laughs> we we have claimed the rights. Like if nobody yes. nobody wants the rights. We we fucking squatted on those rights. We Parker, are, we literally, own li- now. Yeah, literally, we have people believing we own the rights because <laughs> selling it and keep selling the Killer Dead, and we you know we even had like a vigil for uh, Peter Isello Jr. And horror realm. It's it just like people people come looking for us now to talk about spookies. I like that. That's a good legacy to have. That's a good reputation to have is the guys who enjoy spookies. Oh, yeah. Well, since you are the special guest and we have a chance to have you on the show and we get to talk, I want to do the quick segment. Uh-oh. Getting to know Parker Bowman and... Since you're on the show, I know a little bit about you, but I want you to tell the Bloodbath and Boomsticks, like, uh, what's the first horror movie that got you into horror movies? And, like, what what was the switch? What, you know, besides the first horror movie, what in your mind made you, hey, I love this genre. I want to, like, be a part of this, like, make it part of my life. Is there any one point in your life? Um, well... Regretfully, I don't remember it, but this is my go-to as my first uh, horror movie I ever saw. But apparently, when I was four, my stepdad took me to see Nightmare on Elm Street, and he said nice. I liked it, and like laughed all through it. Awesome. Yes. But 
I, I was only four, so I can't remember. So I can't take full credit for it. But a few years later, uh, my parents rented Evil Dead 2, and I walked out like all sleepy, like they were watching it after I'd gone to bed. And it was the part where like all the things are laughing at Ash, and that scared me really bad. Like super bad for some reason, like just that all these weird things would laugh at him. Yes. So I got super scared and couldn't sleep. And then the next day, I was like, like when everybody was at work and stuff, I was like, well, I'm going to watch this fucking movie because it scared me. So I got to watch it now that it's daytime. And then after that, I was just in. I was like, all right, I'm not so scared anymore. Like, this is great. I'm going to keep watching this stuff. So You got baptized in the greatest way possible. Yeah. I, I like to think so. I got into them at like a kind of young age, but it was the 80s, and nobody's parents cared about what we did, and we all had VCRs, so it was really easy. Yeah. Did, did you ever get, like, um, I've always been interested in, did you ever get, like, shut down renting a movie? Because the people, like, around me, they didn't give, I could have went in there at, like, in fifth grade and rented Faces of Death. They never gave a shit. Yeah, no one ever cared about that. Like, my mom gave me a copy of her, uh, we had Video Town, where I'm from in Ohio, mm-hmm. and I had a copy of her card, and I would just ride my bike down there, spend my little allowance, and get whatever I wanted. I mean, I never got Faces of Death or anything. It was usually, like, Freddy movies and stuff, but... Uh, oh, you don't have, a, like, a Christmas story where I take Faces of Death 4 to the Christmas <laughs> family party? <laughs> And we watched it, like, five times in a row. <laughs> I'm never coming no, to Christmas I... in Pittsburgh. That sounds insane. We almost had you for Thanksgiving. I know, but I have never seen a Faces of Death. I, I just... Oh, I don't Faces feel of like... Death 4 is awesome. I don't care. Like, the real shit... I know the first one and the second one aren't, like, real. I just... I, I can't... You know, it's like the Sid Vicious breaking it's his the, leg, man. I don't want to see that. It's the beauty of Faces of Death 4, man. No, no, man, because, nah, no thanks. <laughs> nah, I feel like, like, uh, nah, I'll be a different person after watching that, and I like the person I am, so, pass, dude, seriously. Yeah. Like, it, there's got to be there's, some comedy in my horror, just a little bit. I mean, it can't be just... I see Faces you know, of Death 4 as a comedy. Okay, I'll take Tim Gross's word for it. I'm never going to watch it. <laughs> I still care. But anyway, is there anything you've been watching recently that has been awesome, Parker? I have been watching... I think, like, the last month, I've watched the least amount of movies I've watched in, like, the last 20 years or something. Like, I've just been traveling a lot and watching... I've been re- re-watching a lot of Buffy, which I'm a huge fan of, so I haven't yes. really watched any movies lately. Oh, you're going to have it's to been... talk to them about that one. Yeah, it, it, you've seen on Facebook, supposedly, they, I, I think it's Entertainment Weekly or Variety, just did a cover with David Berenz and Sarah Michelle Geller on the cover. Yeah, where yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a time out for nerd talk here, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're apparently like this has stirred up, uh, especially with Bones with David Berenz's ending and Sarah Michelle Gellar just, of course, doing nothing right now. Uh, yeah. That there's a lot of talk that Josh Whedon should bring back Buffy and where would it go? Would it go to Netflix, Hulu, and stuff like that? And it's kind of like. I wonder if this is like, okay, this is clickbait, or is this actually legit? Do you have any thoughts on that? Because they did the cover this week, or I think it was last week. I still need to run out and get that magazine. I haven't yet. I've only seen it on the internet and stuff. But uh, I think that would be rad. I know for a long time, Just was trying to do like a, a Spike spinoff and a Giles spinoff. And yep. 
It just never happened. I think that would be rad. I'm sure Netflix or Amazon or Hulu would love to have something like that. And now, let me let me ask you this real quick. Did you ever buy, uh, what is it, Buffy Season 8 comic books? I tried to read those. I got, like, the first five issues and called it yep. quits. Yep, I'm like, with I, you. Yeah, I I would love to like those, but A, the art is dreadful. It's, like, the worst art in the world i to me anyway i don't know it's like got like this real weird like realistic sort of minimalist kind of look to it i don't know it's hard to describe but i hate that i know what you're saying because i was going to ask you too i felt not only the artwork but it just felt different i don't know if you bought the earlier buffy comics yeah i've got some of those yeah, I I think I have the whole series run of those and Angel, and they just felt different when they did the season eight. That it felt forced in the comic books to me, at least. Yeah, I read more of the Angel season six or whatever they call it. I think it's called After the Fall, but uh, I read more of those. But like everything just got big. Like Buffy's like leading a superhero yes. crew. Like Don is in um is like a monster. Uh, Xander is basically Dick Fury, and like all of LA is like hell, and it's like it just seems now, too big. Let know. me throw out a conspiracy theory here, Kyle. Let me throw okay. something out at you. Do you think that's because the way they ended the Angel series on TV? Are you asking me? I never watched no, any I'm of this. Throwing, this is conspiracy here. <laughs> oh. I'm asking Parker, but I was just keeping you in the loop here, Kyle. Uh, is the how to put it how they ended angel in it just seemed the right way that you were satisfied with that ending but the way they ended buffy was kind of like yeah you should have done another season uh yeah i mean it kind of would have been cool especially like they kind of hint at like what buffy's doing in that last season of angel because angel ended afterwards and yeah, yeah it would have been cool to see buffy not tethered down to Sunnydale and like off yes. fighting vampires in Italy and you know places like that. Because yeah, it just seemed like the the TV ending for Angel was kind of like one of the few times you actually got a satisfying e- ending mm-hmm. to a TV series. Where Buffy was kind of like, yeah, you either should have won another season or cut it off the season before. It was one of those things because it, it just it was building up and it was kind of like, um, um, yeah. I just think the conspiracy was they couldn't live up to the angel ending. And part of what was going in the comic books, I think it didn't, uh, how to put it, it didn't help fans cross over and really get into the comic books. I felt like it was a poor crossover, like to draw fans to say, hey, you need to watch this. And maybe at that time, what they could have done. Uh, I think it was before Kickstarter was around, but possibly do something of that nature at that time, and I think they would have got the money to do it. Yeah, I think if Just wanted to get any money for anything, Kickstarter would gladly agree. Yes. The people who who frequent Kickstarter anyway. But yeah, it's, it's also kind of weird and ironic that Angel had such a good ending because uh, they got like a real short notice. Like, they got yeah. canceled with only, like, three episodes left or something like that, so they had yes. to scramble to end it. So oh, it's... that's shitty. Yeah. Well, it's Very... no different than, like, Supernatural, who told them what wasn't, like, the end of season... <laughs> I still have season... no frame of reference here. Yeah, where Supernatural ended <laughs> season seven, 
uh, Supernatural, like, all the writers are like, yeah, we're ending the series, and CW's like, no, you're not. And they're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And the next, like, two or three seasons, like, at the end of the season, it literally could be a series finale, and CW's like, yeah, we renewed Yins again. (laughs) And that's how it's going on, and I think, what is it, Supernatural's now in its 11th or 12th season now? Something like that. I have never watched that show. I've watched like one or two episodes, but the wife you, is super into it. Okay. Reason, I'll give you... Do I need to, couple, get, do I need to get Corey G on here to... No, talk no. Talk Supernatural we're, with you, Tim. <laughs> no, we all, need to, we all need to talk in a deep voice on my bathroom floor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, literally, I'm going to give you like about three reasons why you should watch Supernatural. One... All the writers, uh, writers, people behind the scenes from Supernatural were part of Buffy also. Also, all them worked as assistants or something or another if you're a big fan of X-Files. And two, there is Buffy references in Supernatural. Not as much as X-Files references, but there is. Three, there is people from the Buffy series that do show up eventually. Yeah, one of the episodes I watched was with Felicia Day, who's from Buffy. Yep. And I've, I've heard like Spike shows up and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to it. I should probably watch it at one point. Yeah, it's a, it's a good series. I, I I've enjoyed. Like yeah, it's kind of cheesy and sometimes makes no sense, but I. I've told Kyle this. I love just for the mere reason, at least twice a season, they when they go the fake to be FBI agents, they are Mulder and Scully, at least twice a season. And I'm a big X-Files fan, and I just love that the X-Files branched off into this big thing. And also, too, if you don't watch Grimm, it's another reason to watch Grimm. Some of the Buffy cast and people behind the scenes of Buffy show up on Grimm also. Yeah, I've heard that that show is good too. Yep, which that. just had its last episode yesterday. How sad. Yeah, they had a good, they had a good run. I think it was five seasons. I'm gonna watch the last couple episodes, see how they end it, but uh, it, it, it's a pretty decent show too. If you're into Buffy, you'll like Grimm. Well, I am into Buffy, so I, I will give it a shot. I think maybe the wife watches that show. I'm not sure. If not, I'll make her watch it with me. Okay, Kyle, you could come back in. Oh, I was watching a I was watching a video of a Wolverine fight a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Wolverines do not fucking back down. But anyway, what'd you watch, Tim? Um, let me see where I left off last week because I've watched stuff here. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, just like nothing in the world interests me less than Buffy the Vampire. No, no, I totally understand. Oh yeah, we covered Shark Exorcist. Yeah, we talked Shark Exorcist. Okay, uh, we're, I am gonna talk Six String Samurai. Um, I watched Attack of the Leader Hosen Zombies. How is that? Um, it's kind of like. Dead Snow Light. It wishes it was Dead Snow. Is it something? I I laughed at it a couple of times, but yeah, at the end of the movie, I'm kind of like, this wishes it was Dead Snow. But I was glad I watched it. Um, Also, I got the Violent Shit Collection from Synapse this week. How did you get in with Synapse, Tim? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, that is a question I would like answered, and I enjoy it. Uh, for the last couple of years, it's been awesome. But yeah, uh, apparently they are putting out, for anybody that doesn't know, I think it's April 11th, The Violent Shit Collection. It is the first four movies, which Kyle and I didn't know Violent Shit 4, let I alone yeah, 5 is out we there. What? Yeah, there is a Violent Shit 5, which has its own explanation, apparently, while I was watching oh, no. the Violent Shit movies over again. And this includes the Zombie 90 Extreme Pestilence DVD that. also. That's... Well, a lot of... I, a lot of people do it, and I will say this. Um, I believe all of them are remastered, which is pretty cool because uh, especially, like, the fourth one looks really cool. I've never seen it. Uh, it's the axe versus, uh, I forget what it's fucking called at this point, but it's, like, axe versus somebody. Basically, the dude comes back from hell and starts fighting and realizes the other serial killer is his son, and it takes place in 2023, and basically gangs have taken over what's left of the apocalypse. It just makes absolutely no sense, but it's hilarious. It's just, it literally looks like ten video games got combined into a horror movie, and as much as I'm not a fan of this series, I will admit to that, I am a fan of how passionate the dudes are behind it because they remind me of the Polonia brothers and John McBride. Well, that is my favorite director, Olaf Eitenbach. Well, that's not who does it. That's the other German guy. Well, it just gives me an excuse to say the words Olaf Eitenbach. Yeah, like apparently when the first violent shit movie came out, um, that was when Olaf Eitenbach and I'm forgetting the other dude's name right now. Adolfo Asinitis. <laughs> My other favorite director. <laughs> Possibility. But uh, the guy behind this was Andreas Schnoz. And then later on, he teamed up with Atimo Rose. And basically, they're the ones that made these violent shit movies happen. And it has a really cult following around worldwide. And the big point of it is, this violent shit collection, basically, you know where to find it now. It's no longer you're wondering if titles are out of print, hard to find, different stuff of that nature. Is it, The people in the U.S. and Canada are going to be completely happy with this set, is what it is. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of it, but I understand it. I respect the filmmakers of it. It's independent filmmaking, and Kyle knows I'm all about independent film. Uh, but anyhow, moving on, I watched The Hound of Baskervilles with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, which was pretty cool. That's a good one. What? Yep. Also, uh, one Kyle's going to hate me for, uh, the screener that Asylum sent me, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, <laughs> which I just watched today. they got to start. I mean, they're... They're notorious for ripping off big summer movies. They gotta pick some better looking big summer movies to rip off. Oh, it's dude, come King on! Arthur looks like crap. in the first couple of minutes, it has bootleg Sean Bean as Merlin. Well, they couldn't get the real Sean Bean. Like, that's... well, you know they're not gonna spend that amount of money. Well, that's true, but <laughs> but it takes place fifteen hundred years after King, the real King Arthur, and it takes place in Thailand. And his descendants must face off against Morgana, who comes down in a meteor. Fun stuff. Well, in a, whoa, in a meteor? Like what, she's fucking yes. Superman or something? 
oh, well, the meteor lands, and apparently her and her son have visited other planets and don't understand why people on Earth have been taken over. And their explanation, in one word, is Excalibur, which is now a, a Holy Grail cup, kind of Indiana Jones the Last Crusade, and that's the reason why it hasn't been taken over. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I've been watching. Fucking pass. Dude, I just fell for the worst April Fool's joke ever. This sucks. What, John Cross <laughs> watching the Evil Dead remake? No, somebody said the fucking Legendary Pictures Strikes deal with Katawata Pictures for famous movie turtle Gamera. I thought we were getting a big Gamera movie. Nope. No, we're not. God damn it. Nope. April Fool's. Fucking Mo. Mo did that. Um. Anyway, uh, speaking of Buffy... Buffy's from Sunnyvale, but I went to another Sunnyvale. I went to fucking Trailer Park Boys season 11 dropped on Netflix, and that is all I have been watching. <laughs> I, I, like when, when the new Trailer Park Boys anything happens, like the world stops, and I have to go back to Sunnyvale. And Randy Bobandy's running around with his big cheeseburger gut, all fucking greased up. Leahy's drunk. Julian's a big sexy Patrick Swayze running around. It's just the best shit in the world. And it's way better than season 10. So that. And also, I read a book, Tim Gross. Oh, this is big news between both of us because neither of us <laughs> read books. Well, I've read, I've read two books lately. I read Mike okay. Watts, uh, what is it, Son of Movie Outlaw? Yeah, I approve of any, because I have read uh, the first Outlaw and then the sequel to the Outlaw. So, yeah, I haven't read, I haven't got a copy of that third one. Yeah, that's the one I read. I forget what its name is. Shit. Yeah, it's like Son of Outlaw. It's something like oh, that, but yeah, I know it exists. It's cool. It's Mike Watt talking about movies that are really good and never talked about, such as, like, Blue Collar and Skin Deep is in this yep. one, which is, Parker, yes. you need to see Skin Deep. Have you ever seen that? I have not, no. It is Gabe directed Bartolos. by Gabe Bartolos, who did all the <laughs> effects for Spookies. And mm -hmm. it has Peter Iacello and Warwick Davis dressed up as a, a, an albino that throws plates at people. <laughs> that's, oh, that sounds all right. That's his yeah, gimmick. this is, it's one of Fangoria's, like, the movie first releases. It is so out there. It, it's one of those movies that, like, you can't explain. You just have to fucking yeah, see it. Yeah, you question, like, if Frank Henenlauter pooped out a movie and forgot to tell people about it. Yeah, and half of that movie <laughs> is a Road Warrior ripoff. Yes. <laughs> Which is awesome. But that is all I have been watching is fucking that. And I read the – oh, the second book I read. I read a book called he The Hepatitis Bathtub by uh, – it's – it's, uh, was the cover was the cover the picture that I took of you that when I left you in your hotel room at Wasteland? That no, <laughs> that is not the hepatitis bathtub. The hepatitis bathtub is like the last 30, 30 some odd years of the band No Effects and all the weird shit that happened to oh, them on okay. tour. And uh, no, No Effects, they're not my favorite band. They're an okay band. I like them. I respect them for being around a lot, but it's just. Really, like, I love punk rock, but I hate fucking punk rockers. Like, they're just gross stories about fucking asshole <laughs> people doing really shitty stuff. Like, heroin and, you know, stealing stuff from people that are putting them up for the night and peeing in silverware drawers. So, you know, it, it, it's an okay read. <laughs> but those guys are 
pretty much jackasses. But they put out some good music. Anyway, that's all I got. We do have some news, sirs. Oh, we have lots of news. And before we get into that news, because I know where it's going to lead to. Okay. uh, The box set that we're all going to talk about. But i got to ask Parker, because this is part of the Parker Bowman. We need to learn about Parker Bowman segment still going on. I have to to mention, I had my own little Parker Bowman fucking experience going to uh, Horror Realm. I was listening to the Parker Show Pool Party Radio. And I looked up and saw a sign for Huber Heights. Oh, really? That's wild. Yeah. And I've never been to Huber Heights, but I fairly know Dayton, kind of. Been to a lot of shows there. Been to a lot of places there. And I was like, wow, this is really weird. But anyway, go ahead, Jim. Uh, No, I was just (laughs) going to ask Parker, since uh, he gave us the choice between Head of the Family and Seed People, and I wanted to ask him, uh, Parker... Since you brought up those two movies, they're not the usual. Uh, besides, Headed Family is known, but Seed People isn't a. It's kind of a unknown full moon flick, and I gotta say, I'm guessing you're sort of a full moon fan. So I have to know what was your introduction to full moon movies, and what's your opinion of Charles Van? Uh, I. I think probably like most people, my introduction was the Puppet Master movies, which I loved as a kid. Yeah. And they were on all the time, and I would rent them all the time, and like the first five of them anyway. Um, mm-hmm. And then like I tried like six and seven when they came out, but I was like a little older, and they yeah. were a little worse. So I yeah. feel like that's kind of when I stopped. But uh, yeah, it was mostly Puppet Master and like some other random stuff. Um I liked a lot of the Moonbeam stuff at the time, like those dumb movies about dinosaurs and stuff that would come oh, out. Oh, like Prehysteria and yeah, yeah. The like boogers. Escape from the Museum. Yeah, the Goobers. I always call it the Boogers, man. The Goobers. The boogers. That's a great one, though. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie. one yet. It's make a movie called The Boogers and have them face off against Munchies. <laughs> but anyhow, yeah, the Goobers, actually, Parker, you... You're referring to the Goobers? You haven't seen that one? Yeah, I have not seen that. Isn't that one, like, kind of new? Um, no, it isn't, actually. It's um, early 90s, like, early to mid-90s. Oh, okay. And it's been renamed. I forget what his original name was, but this was, like, a offshoot of goalies. Like, he wanted to do a kid-friendly goalies, and that's how Goobers came about. That sounds all right. I would watch that. Yeah, and I actually have it because, like... Because you're Tim Gross, that's why you have it. Oh, yeah, that too. (laughs) Um, But, like, a few years back, like, uh, he... I forget who the company was, but it wasn't... Like, Full Moon signed off a bunch of rights. Or not so much signed off a bunch of rights, but was getting, like, a nickel DVD. And, like, a bunch of these box sets appeared out of nowhere in different places. And it, it basically got a lot of that Moonbeam moon stuff out there. And now, like, it's 20 or 25 years after he's made a lot of this stuff. That's how he's able to regain all these rights. But, like, Goobers and Night at... I've, it's like Night at the Museum or so. It's like a... It's before the Ben Stiller movie is basically what it is. But there's a bunch of those kids' movies that he was doing during the early to mid-90s that was uh, once he was getting into Puppet Master 6 and 7 and, you know, the retro Puppet Master and that stuff. 
those kids' movies are what was keeping Full Moon in Blockbuster. Because mm-hmm. Blockbuster, they wanted more kids' movies, and he was literally getting paid Fuku bucks to just churn those things out. And that was what he was doing, was basically, hey, let's remake the Gullies, let's make them the Goobers. And <laughs> that was what he was doing. But it's definitely worth tracking down, and I know you can find them either, A, pretty cheap on the Amazon or eBay for used, or uh, I believe they're now available on Full Moon Streaming on his Roku channel and YouTube channel if you're uh, subscribing to those also. Or if you're me, you just own them. <laughs> just, I, I'm beyond retarded Full Moon fan, and that was why I wanted to ask you, like, you know, what about like your knowledge of Full Moon? I just, I, I know way too much about it. But yeah, like I said, that's where those are from. But yeah, I know of the Moonbeam label. And since you brought up the Moonbeam label, do you have any of the Moonbeam records? I do not. No, I didn't know that those existed. Yes, there was soundtracks, um, and I know it's worth money. I believe there's a soundtrack to Prehysteria that's worth big bucks. <laughs> Is it uh, all Charles Band music? Yeah, well, Richard Band, yeah. It's, like, stuff that he did. But what's funny is, of course, on, like, every soundtrack, like, of course, there was soundtracks to Bad Channels and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was just Full Moon and even Empire music that Richard Band did for Charles Band that was just being reused, which was hilarious. <laughs> I've got an idea for a movie. We're gonna pitch, okay. I'm gonna pitch. I'm gonna pitch this movie to you, Tim Gross, and, and you, okay. Parker. We're gonna remake Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, starring Tim Gross, to where Tim Gross <laughs> finds the golden ticket underneath like a old sealed VHS copy of Puppet Master Eight. And gets to go to Charles Band's Magic Warehouse. Which would be Puppet Master Legacy. Okay. <laughs> so it's already been made? I don't get it. It's a movie. It's out there. Oh, I have it. Jesus. <laughs> I, want, I want in his Magic Warehouse where everything seems to appear. Well, I also get to ask Parker, since we're talking full moon. Parker, um, have you seen the newer ones, Access of Evil, Access Rising? I have seen the your, one of them, I think. Okay, what's your thoughts? Yeah, Access of Evil is the one I've seen. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I think it's probably one of the better ones. It's of probably the, better than a, the later sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about the puppets like being good guys and fighting Nazis. Like. I don't know. Like on one hand, I'm into it because like I like the puppets and I want it, and like I always want to see Nazis get beaten up. <laughs> but I don't know. I also feel like oh, they should be bad guys. Like why aren't they bad guys? But I'm with you. I've all, and I, I I don't begrudge that, and that was part of my ten page article that I've written in my one of my books a while back. Because <laughs> uh, I've always felt, and this is the same way like Kyle and I spoke about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast about Friday the Thirteenth. I always felt like you could do one-offs of Puppet Master where they're the bad guys. Case in point, not only the new Puppet Master comic books, I don't know if you've read any of those, but even the older ones that have, were out helped promoting like Puppet Master 2 and 3 and uh, Subspecies 2 and 3 when that was out in the early 90s, 
the old Puppet Master comic books, they were kind of like one-offs, which was really cool. And I agree with you. As much as I like them as good guys, I love them as bad guys, and I think you could honestly keep moving them around and having them just kill people off for the hell of it. You you could literally, like Jason, you could have him on Earth 2. You can literally have <laughs> the puppets literally in uh, Bodega Bay Inn, like... Instead of the Bodega Bay Inn, you could have them at the Motel 6 in Philadelphia. And <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, uh, like a, I said. Can we get a one-off where the puppets go on spring break? Oh, dude, I'd be so up for that. I would be the fucking yeah, That'd best. be rad. They can we combine? They fuck up are we com- contests and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, are we combining Puppet Master with Spring Breakers with Selena Gomez? Or are we combining uh-huh. Puppet Master <laughs> with... Spring Break that I think it starred Stephen Jeffries before Fright Night. No, or was that Private that's, Resort? That's Fraternity Vacation. Spring Break is Fraternity. Wrong with, uh, thank you. It's because I was going to say Dennis Quaid. If we're going the Spring Break route, I want to go Puppet Master versus Hard Bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be the best movie of all time. Yeah, I'd I want something, Tim. I I want this to happen. Um. Anyway, what I say, we got news. Let's get into news, it. Yeah. Let's get into it since we're talking Charles Band. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? That was, I knew we were going to come to that. I, wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, get Parker's perspective. I want to know what kind of Full Moon fan he is before we got into well, this. Well, everybody posted this when I, I saw it. I had to say, oh, my God, I hope Tim Gross doesn't have a heart attack when he reads this shit. Uh, we are getting an Empire International Pictures box set. That Yes, a of, Blu-ray set, yeah. by the way. Well, the, the, uh, 14 movies, one of them, I think probably Metal Storm, you get the no. 3D version, too. Uh, yes, you do, like but one... Yeah, that's going to be Blu-ray. The one movie in the set that's only going to be a DVD is Arena. Okay. And I've read part of the reason, and it's not on the Wikipedia page. I've read some other articles that that movie is, like, internationally owned by several companies, and that's the reason why. Well, the films that we're going to get are the uh, regular and 3D version of Metal Storm, one of our favorites, the Dungeon Master, Ghoulies, Trancers, Eliminators, Crawl Space, From Beyond, Terrorvision, Dolls, Troll, Prison, Cellar Dweller, Catacombs, Ghost Town, Ghoulies 2, Robot Jocks, and Arena. Yes. And you were saying, Tim, this is a $260 price point. Yes. $250. Well, let's not forget, you're getting the book, which I want the book. Um, Do you want the book? The question is, do you guys want the book and all these movies for $250 fucking dollars? No. Yeah, and that's a little pricey. I'm thinking, Here's the, I'm thinking, man, like maybe a hundred, hundred and twenty. Yes, yes, and I could see that because a few years back when he started doing these big box sets of, um, whether it was Puppet Master, or, um, or like when he first re reestablished Full Moon and reestablished doing that Full Moon streaming, he was doing these box sets that weren't a lot of money that had. Stuff like Netherworld and Bad Channels and Seed People 
together, and then that was like Full Moon Classics Volume One, and then cl- and full. And then he was doing a Trancers box set. It was like thirty-five bucks, and a Demonic Toys box set that you could find for twenty. I honestly believe. Yeah, they might be limited to 600, but I hate to tell you, I have a feeling this is only A, volume one, but B, I think you could get this at a cheaper price six months down the road, if not three months down the road. Well, I don't know. My question to you guys is, is this the, uh, the Mondo business practice of pandering to eBay flippers? Yeah, I think everything's kind of that now. Yeah. I, I'd like to say no, but it kind of is because the sad part is um, my answer, and not to talk over you, Parker, uh, if you were going to add in right now, my thing is a lot of the titles, if not all of them that are in this box set, are already available through Shout Factory. And that, are, that those big versions are the ones that are going to be in this set. Yes, and... I can tell you right now, the one, like, this is going to be a Blu-ray set. I bet you there's no difference between the Blu-ray and DVD. And as much as everybody's going to rag on Charles Band, and this isn't me defending Charles Band, even though I do a lot. This is shout fa- more Shout Factory than Charles Band going to get that extra buck. Mm-hmm. Because that, cause Shout Factory sees a chance to make more money on already established titles that's in their catalog. What do you think, Parker? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is kind of weird that like a lot of these are already out. Like I have two or three of these already on Blu-ray. So, and I'd imagine that most people who love these movies do, I, I would think that it would be easier to sell these if you, you know, were going with deeper Maybe not deeper cuts, but stuff that wasn't already out. Yeah. Well, that was that was my point. And that's, what, that's what I was going to ask you, Tim. You said no way at fifty two hundred fifty dollars. You said no. there's a lot more stuff oh, in yeah. the catalog that should be in there. And yeah, there's other stuff. Yeah, there's other stuff. If we're gonna go Empire, yeah. and this is why I said there got to be a volume two, and there's stuff that I know that's out there and has either been released by Shout Factory in the process of release by Shout Factory or available to be bought on DVD. I mean, uh, you said Dolls is a part of this, correct? Yeah, Dolls is in here. Okay, well, like, there's other stuff. Like, Robot Holocaust has never been available on DVD. Not that it's a great movie, but it's the point. It's never been available on DVD. That is out there. Um... Let me get into this right here. The Alchemist. That's on several different formats recently. I don't understand why they didn't make that part of it. Now, like the Dungeon Master, I kind of understand because it took them a while to get that out there. Mm-hmm. But well, wasn't that one of them that was just cobbled together from that Pulse Pounders? Well, the, yes. Okay. Well, that was Dungeon Master one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zone Troopers, which I didn't understand which wasn't a part of this set, even though it's out there on DVD, and that just got out there on DVD in the past year. That was out of print for many years, and I think even, I think it was Warner Brothers Archive or MGM Archive, kind of like DVD-R, was doing that for a while. 
Dreaminac, uh, Ghost Warrior, Rawhead Rex, uh, Terror Vision. I think uh, you're naming the ones that if we get a volume two, that will be in that. Vicious Lips, uh, Cellar Dweller, um, Ghost Town. Well, Ghost Town's a part of this set. Oh, is it? Uh, Yes, but Prison isn't. But Prison's out there on DVD. That's an Empire picture. Prison's in this box set. Yes. Uh, Intruders considered part of the Empire set. Uh, I believe they do have Robot Jocks in this. Mm -hmm. But Spellcaster, that's available out there on DVD. Why isn't that a part of this set? Um, In reality, Sorority Babe, Slime Bowl, Rama. Let's not forget, uh, Band had his hand in uh, Reanimator, Mutant Hunt, uh, let me see, Savage Island, Ghoulies, which I think is a part of this set, Mm -hmm. um, Troll and Troll 2. um, There's one other one that I wanted to point out. Transformations, which is actually, I believe, Underworld, which is from... uh, or no, that's Transmutations, I'm sorry. Yeah. But there's another movie called Transma- Transformations, which is out there, and I think I forget who owns that one, but that's out there too. And like I said, there is some other Empire picture movies that are not even named on the lists that we're looking at. Catacombs, which is a part of that. That's being re-released again. And like I said to Kyle, that... uh was something that was out of print for many years, and that's just appeared out of nowhere. But like I said, I'll try to look for it, but I know there is a bigger list to this stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm Sadly, as much as I want like all this, I, I don't need this. I'll, I'll keep my 250 bucks. I think it's dreadfully overpriced. And, man, there's a lot of movies that you could intruder and shit like that that needs to be thrown in here. Of course, I know how rights. Well, I was going to say intruder though has been re-released yeah. how many times the past three years now. True, but but and the, I'm bigger, not... the bigger question is, come on, we get all this shit. Most of these are released already, and we can't get spookies. Yes, <laughs> this is a fucking travesty of justice. There's, we need to, I'm running for president, make America great again, that's my fucking, get, get this fucker out on Blu-ray for fuck's sakes. Anyway, <laughs> sounds like a big. Here, hold on, uh, yeah, cause I'm trying to get you a bigger list here, or just to go through some other ones, give me two seconds, cause I know there's some other ones that are part of this, uh, like film gore. That was out there already. Eliminators, I'm glad, is finally... But again, that was released three years ago. Um, there's random stuff like Zombathon and Enemy Territory, The Caller, uh, Galactic Gigolo. What? Uh, <laughs> I want to see. I never heard of that Cemetery one. High. It just Dr. Alien. Let's not forget Evil Angel, Evil Angel 2. There's stuff that wasn't a part of Full Moon that was a part of Empire Pictures, is my point. There is a bunch of stuff that I know that has been in some format that it's like if you want people to cut, you got to throw that rare stuff out there, especially something like Vicious Lips. That is one that has a cult audience to it. 
Yeah, but doesn't that one, that one stinks, right? Or no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of Bad Channels. The Bad Channels is the one. That yeah, really Bad does. Channels is horrible. But, like, Parasite, that needs a re-release. Um, the, you know, the day time ended, like, he has that thrown out on Full Moon, and that's just, like, that was an early Empires thing. It, it just, you know what I'm saying? Anyhow. Yeah, enough with those Empire pictures. <laughs> we could go on for days, especially <laughs> with Tim Gross. Uh, Tim, you got any news? Because that was all I had. That was the only news I had, but I do want to take a break so I can pee. Okay. We will let Tim pee, and we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> I see the picture. What picture? The picture. Oh, the baby. <laughs> That's how, the baby. That's how I turn when fucking people start. I know nothing. Go pee, Tim. Honey, where's the spatula? Okay, kids. Let's go. There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! Spatula City! A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? Spatula City! Spatula City! Hello, this is Cy Greenbloom, president of Spatula City. I like their spatula so much, I bought the company. Spatula City, seven locations. We're in the yellow pages under spatulas. My, where did you get that lovely spatula? We're back. Uh, Tim, you've got questions. I hope you've got them pulled well, up. Well, before we get get into questions, okay. I have one thing. It's not so much news. I wanted to bring up about earlier I mentioned okay. that I got a screener that has directions. Okay, yeah. We, we need to know about this. What the fuck is Yeah, well, apparently, okay, um, Horror go back a few weeks, Horror Realm uh, was contacted by independent people. I don't know if you know the title of this movie. It's called The Dark Tapes. I did see a trailer for this. Okay, I, I, I've heard about it. It's independent film making its rounds at film festivals and stuff like that. It's making some noise, kind of like The Barn did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they contacted Horror Realm, and Horror Realm said, hey, why don't you talk to Tim Gross? And it was, you know, I talked to the person, and now they're trying to work out a screening at the Hollywood Theater here in Pittsburgh. But when... They sent me an email, the final email, which came, I think, Thursday or Friday. I think it was Thursday. It was a long-ass email, and I didn't even realize there was a screener. Sorry, I had an ad. No, that's fine. I I didn't even realize there was a screener link in this email until I was, like, sitting there really like, okay, what are you sending me this email for? It basically, and not to throw them under the bus, but I think you... Do not need to send emails to people that are going to review your movie to tell them how to watch your movie, <laughs> what plot points to look for, and <laughs> what not to give away from your movie. That's not... I mean, if you're a legit critic, blogger, website writer... There's no such thing writer, as... Tim, come on. 
There's no such thing as a professional blogger. And if there are, they're full of shit. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're a writer, you're not going out of your way unless something really upsets you with the film to, like, totally give the movie away. You're not going to sit there and go plot point from plot point, you know, like, just going step by step explaining the entire film. Maybe that's just me. I do not. But I don't feel like you should send out a press release or an email that can fill up three pages explaining how that you should watch your movie. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, is it me? Am I weird? That doesn't sound I'm, normal, no. No, and it's one of those things like, I already have a feeling, no matter what I'm going to say about this movie, I'm going to get backlash when I review this. <laughs> no matter what. Because I might have done something wrong against their standards. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. It's just, I, I wanted to bring that up and I, I just kept laughing. And it's just like, really? You're sending me an email on how to watch your movie? That's not a good start. Yeah. Anyway, start reading the questions too. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Oh, uh, breaking news, Kyle, I forgot to tell you. Yeah. Uh, I did hear from somebody this week. Yes. Uh, Ed Quinlan, Ed Quinlan is still alive. Awesome. I was going to put a fucking somebody, I was going to call like, you know, somebody needed to do a welfare check-in on Ed. No, Ed Quinlan's still alive. He's doing well. Uh, just he's actually been very busy with work. Uh, Talked to him quite a few times through emails this week, so. So basically, uh, Ed's, he's got AIDS flare up, is what happened. Yeah, he, okay. he's kinda taken a, uh, hiatus. That's not good. From social yeah. media. Okay. So, we got well, a couple of questions. Well, before we get to the, I wanted to settle some beef with Parker. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, we got we got beef. I listened to uh, poor poor Parker's like, well, what the hell am I doing we, here? We, you're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have beef with Parker a little bit, Tim. And I want to quote Parker from from his last show. Parker Bowman, this is a quote from you. Prince of Darkness is just, eh, it's all right. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Uh, what, is what? This? Parker Bowman. Prince of- well, this is very funny. It's very funny because I think the thing I said right after saying that was, and anytime I say that, people who love Prince of Darkness always yell at me. Yes, it, it very, <laughs> it's very well deserved. You need to be yelled at. Prince of Darkness is amazing. Well, I, I gotta know why is it so. Eh, I don't know. I think it's good. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, bad. it's fine. <laughs> yelled at Parker, and he says, "I think it's good." I mean, it's it's like I don't hate it. Like, I mean, I think it's like a better. An average movie, but I think for a John Carpenter movie, it's just okay. Really? Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like Donald Pleasance. What? what? Like oh, Cooper. God! Oh, shit, <laughs> oh, let's, oh, let's just podcast over. <laughs> oh, my God. Who who doesn't like Donald Ple- Like, I've always said, I want Donald Pleasance to be my neighbor and wear sweaters with him and eat apple pie that he, that is dried on his windowsill <laughs> well i you know you ask who doesn't like donald pleasant the answer, and the answer is, Parker is <laughs> well the answer is anybody who's seen halloween four five or six i, I am with you there oh my god <laughs> i i 
I, and I don't I don't blame that on part on uh on Donald Pleasance. I just think those movies are bad. Well, yeah, those movies are bad, but he he's uh I don't most of those movies are just like him yelling at little girls and it's just well, like why is this happening? Now, I'm going to Parker, I'm going to this is totally I love Donald Pleasance, but I am going to throw this out there. Um for people that don't know uh or maybe just know a little bit Donald Pleasance during those later years was not in the best of health and pretty much I believe knew his time was up when he started doing Halloween four, five, and six. It, it just he knew it was only a matter of time when he was checking out. So I think they just allowed him to do whatever. Because <laughs> it is because yeah. if you break it down in reality, yes, he's a totally different Doctor Loomis from Halloween two to Halloween four. And if you pay attention, he's completely different in Prince of Darkness than he is even in Halloween 4. Oh, I, 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 mean, honest, I, I almost think his character in Prince of Darkness, I like it better than Loomis. Well, I'm not saying anything of that nature. I'm just trying to break it down on just a human level. I honestly believe he was sick even going into Halloween 4. Well, I, I, I honestly believe he knew that was... His time was numbered. Irregardless of his health, Halloween that doesn't make, change the fact that Halloween four and five are pretty terrible. <laughs> hey, Halloween four was decent. Halloween five, I understand that's the argument. Debatable. Come on. <laughs> At least we can. You all just agree. hate Danielle Harris. I, well, she is a five-year-old Asian boy. Yes, I don't like five-year-old Asian boys. <laughs> Which one is the one where Michael Myers starts like sobbing emotionally? Is that part five? I believe that's the end of five where he's in prison. Yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> Which was not supposed to be the ending, but that's for a whole other another show. How did he get to if if he's in prison? Then, like he gets blown out by uh, that old dude right, that but if he's thinks in, he's the son of Thorn or something like but that. But if he's in prison, then obviously there had to have been a trial, and that's the movie I want to see where he goes on trial for all his murders. <laughs> And then Donald Pleasance could play, like, the fucking prosecutor. It was called the OJ story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I keep talking about this, it's just going to go in a weird racial way. So, anyway, <laughs> we got questions. Okay, we have a couple of questions from last week. And, Parker, you can chime in on these also. Uh, Patricia Stevens wants to know, what's your favorite flavor of chicken wings? I had honey barbecue today. Chicken wing chat, anybody? Um, I, I was gonna say quicker steak, quicker steak and lube. What? I don't know if Nerians. I loved all their wings. Yeah, those wings were very good. There was one right across the street from my college, and it and was I went there all the time. It was called Quicker Steak and Lube Chicken. It was just called Quicker Steak and Lube, and they would have wings in. Oh. There were certain times, like the week or the year, you can get all you can eat wings or food in general. And, it was awesome. They had this one flavor called Buckeye Barbecue. Woo! That was like the third one down from Atomic. That was awesome. Yeah. It, I think that's the one I got too a lot. Yeah, that one would light up your ass, man. It was good, <laughs> but it would light up your ass. And there was another one called Boom Boom, which was really good. 
And the Louisiana Liquors was pretty good too. I'm not a I'm not a wings guy. Don't don't not, I just don't care for wings. Anyway, I. I, I will say, and I think I told this story about the ones that sold the whole ones at Big Mouths that was up the street from me, took them to a wrestling pay-per-view, and basically everybody died because <laughs> everybody was blown whole and getting kicked out of bed. <laughs> kicked out of her house. Did New Jack hit somebody with a chicken wing? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been awesome. That would have been great. Those things were, oh, those ones were brutal. They were whole wings and they were hot oh my god the brain, like blew out your o-ring man <laughs> crazy uh patricia stevens also asks have you guys watched taboo the tv show i'm assuming she's know. talking about yeah the tv show is great it's oh, I thought she meant the porn. Yeah, that's what I thought, but I just I'm always thinking about porn, so yes, exactly. More about me. Is there a ta- there's got to be one called Taboo? No, I don't know. Oh, dude. yeah, there's like Taboo Fifty. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's all weird now. Like Nina Hartley was a part of a bunch of this. Yeah, I almost bought parts two and three because uh, Vinegar Syndrome, I think, just put them out. Yeah, and I was at Amoeba Records and they had it. And I said I should buy this, and then I didn't buy it, and I'll always regret it. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's like a porn star, I think uh, her name was Bunny Blue, and she's in, I think, like Taboo 20 through Taboo 30 or something like that. <laughs> no, well. She's she's the Donald Pleasance of the Taboo series. <laughs> yes, yes, she is. I would, either, I would even like to see Donald Pleasance do porn. That's how much I like Donald Pleasance. I'm not saying I want to see him bang some chicks. <laughs> But he could be well, the crazy guy running around doing weird shit. I, I, I guess it kind of ex- answers the next question by Bryce Katzman, Space Jesus. Space Jesus. Have you guys spanked it to taboo? Tom Hardy is a sexy son of a bitch in that show. And he may or may have not fucked his sister in that show, who may or may not be alive. I'm not sure. I haven't finished it yet, but it is a good-ass TV show. I like it a lot. They stole a bunch of poop to make dynamite, and they're going to blow the East India Trading Company up, so... I mean, does it get much better than that? Nope. I don't watch the show, so I don't care. It's a good show. Okay, uh, Bryce wants to know, what fast food restaurant do you continue to patronize despite it making your bum bum feel like Hiroshima? <laughs> Why do we run a movie podcast when people just <laughs> fucking send us questions like this? Because <laughs> it's hilarious, and they're making up for Ed Quinlan. Okay. I, no, I just, I don't know. I feel like Parker's got like all the good fast food joints. Like you got the fat burgers out there. You got the water burgers. You got the, the, uh, Jack in the box, which I've never had. Oh, it's good. Jack in the box is great. They had like, they're like real, they will do a number to your insides. Like they have these tacos that are just like tortillas, like, you know, surrounding just a bunch of meat and one piece of American cheese, like deep fried for a long time. And then that's what they call a taco. And it's great. They're like eight for a dollar and Jack in the Box is wonderful for it. Eight for, I'm down. I'm moving to California right now. Yeah, that's fucking that amazing. I'm embellishing a little bit, but they're very inexpensive. Shit. Yeah. Does, well, can we ask you how many you eat? Because we had a question last week about how many tacos from Taco Bell that you could put down. 
And Kyle, you said what, seven? No, you said like you've done twelve. I, I said a dozen. Like yeah, four. yeah. I think I've done a dozen. It's and it's not that I can't eat more. It's just I get sick of it. I'm just like these fucking. Oh, I'm not. But I can tell you that uh, my bum was not feeling too good. Well, I want to ask. Let's ask Parker because I always like to hear what's the. And I know you have strong opinions of this. What's the California mm-hmm. pizza game like? Man, it's awful. So worse, it's non-existent. It's <laughs> uh, it's that, yeah, it's terrible. It's like all the pizza here is like, well, for one, they do this horse shit where you, if you want ham on your pizza, you have to call it Canadian bacon, which I just don't understand and will never understand for as long as I live. It's the same exact thing. That's, so that's first. That's horse shit. <laughs> yeah, it's very Orwellian. And then uh, most pizzas out here come with like uh. I don't know, avocados on there and like Brussels sprouts and like all kinds of weird, uh, like just huge chunks of garlic for some reason. That's, like not even cut up. That's like <laughs> so weird. hippie nonsense. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. They're just ruining pizza out here. People are putting corn and broccoli on their pizza out here. It's ridiculous. I went to a pizza place in San Francisco after a guar concert. I said, I'm very hungry from all this guar. I want a pizza. And they said, oh, all we've got left is broccoli pizza. You should have what? burnt that place down. <laughs> I know. It was ridiculous. And I think it was right next door to an art uh, gallery that was doing all Wes Anderson art. You should have Just to let you know both. how things are. Why, why didn't you just burn, yeah, that place, burn, burn the pizza place down? You should have just went and got on the desk in the art gallery. You should have just went and got should have just moved home. And just fucked that place up because it deserved it. That's true. They would have helped out with yeah, that. I, but, uh, yeah, it's. I yeah I have not had good pizza since I moved out here. I got oh. I got uh, uh, pulled over one time after a guar show in Indianapolis or no uh, at Bogart Cincinnati and the Cincinnati policeman pulled me over covered in blood and I had to talk my nice. way out of it and I did. <laughs> it was amazing. Sweet. This was before they were shooting and killing everybody, so I feel like that played. Well, I, I was gonna say in the same vein, Kyle. This was different. This is. Uh, 19-year-old Tim, before he's married, mm-hmm. gets pulled over, and the wife, girlfriend at the time, were in the car. I, I believe she was with me. And in the state of Pennsylvania, if you're under 21, you're not allowed to have beer in the car. And I had uh, – they just put out these Steeler anniversary beers. It was like Steelers beating the Browns and Steelers Super, like another Steelers Super Bowl, like cans. And there's a bunch of them in the back of my car, and I get pulled over, and I'm just like, "Great, here I go to jail." <laughs> just like, I would have put you in jail on general principle that they beat the Browns, <laughs> fuckers. But it was like I wasn't even drinking them. It was like I was taking them home because you know that's what we do. We save those because <laughs> they're the Steeler cans. I would have thought. But anyhow, uh, well, first up, Parker, you said you moved out to California. Yeah. Uh, may I ask, why did you move out there? Uh, well, I met my wife on the internet because I'm a nerd, and she was from here, and she moved out to Ohio, and we like hung out in Ohio for like two years because that's where I'm from, and then mm-hmm. I was just like, "Yo, cold. It gets cold here, and it snows, and I'm sick of it. Let's move to California." So why, we moved out here. Wise decision. I had to trade my car in because I got a job in Ohio and I live in Indiana and I had a Mustang that doesn't want to go to Ohio in the snow. 
The mm-hmm. real reason is because uh, Tim Gross and Rick Fusselman just don't fit in the back of a Ford Mustang <laughs> while Trump parted up my car and ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People that are over four foot eight should not be in the back of a Ford Mustang. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, but anyhow, uh, next question is Tim Wilder wants to know, do you like the delicious mix of tea and lemonade? He knows my feelings on this. What about you, Parker? This guy. I love this stuff. This guy's the biggest advocate for Arnold Palmer's ever. Yes. Yeah, they're great. I drink them all the time. Gross. Uh. (laughs) I've always sent me a tea anytime I've ever had tea. It just tastes like somebody put a Pepsi out in the sun for three years. Real gross. Yeah. That's Uh. accurate. Patricia Stevens wants to know favorite John Goodman movie. Finally, a movie question. Hmm. You guys got any thoughts? Um, I'm sure it's a Coen Brothers movie. That's what I'm trying to eliminate. I want to. I want to say The Big Lebowski, but I. I feel like that's a. I, I will eliminate yeah. Coen Brothers right now. Chud. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Matinee. I really like Matinee. Yes. I think, yes. and I think that's a John Goodman Excellent. movie. Parker, anything come to mind? Yeah, um, I like Monsters Inc. I think that's a cute movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I was, I'd like to throw in there Ten Cloverfield Lane. He really surprised me in that. Well, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll go, I'll go with that one. But uh, in the bad John Goodman movies, uh, he was don't a, say fallen. No, he was a real non-factor in Kong Skull Island. He was just there and like almost forgotten about, and then they killed him off. He's just like gone. It's weird. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Work, the Norm Macdonald movie. Letterbox says that John Goodman's in it. Oh. But I don't remember him being in it. But uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it. I was but I'm going say, with it's that. It's been a while since I watched that. <laughs> yeah, so. that's the movie that gave us Ted Hookers in a trunk. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Period. But... Um, Tim Wilder, he, he, he mentioned Six String Samurai is awesome and Fuck Roman Reigns. Mm, I meant to phrase that in the form of a question. <laughs> I, I agree on both of those accounts. Uh, uh, but he also, he says, oh, have you listened to more of the Red Elvises beside what's in the movie? They do the whole basically soundtrack of Six String Samurai. Uh, if so, what are your thoughts on the Red Elvises? Oh, they're fucking awesome. Yeah, I think they're cool. They used to be on that E Wild on show a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like they would turn up on there like all the time. So I don't have any of their albums or anything, but I always thought they were cool. Well, I have the internet, so now I have all their albums. So uh, <laughs> I like them. <laughs> uh, Tim Wilder wants to know: Will you guys ever review Itchy the Killer? <laughs> this is an interesting question because I have not seen Itchy the Killer ever. Am I missing I out? Have. I have once, uh, like when it first like found its way into America. Okay. It's decent, but I, for you, it's hard to gauge if you'll actually like it. Hmm. Parker, have you seen it? Is it worth it? I haven't seen it. Oh. I've uh, my man Sean Byron is my ambassador to Asian films, so I'm just I have stopped watching all Asian films because I know that he'll pick the best ones or the ones that I should be watching 
for junk food dinner at some point, mm-hmm. so I haven't watched it. I feel like it, I, I, I've heard that movie mentioned so many times that I'm, I'd be hard to press to think it's terrible. So I guess I'm going to give it a thumbs up, even though I've not seen it. I will. Tim, put that on the back burner. We'll do that for the show sometime since I've not seen it. Okay. Just, just Tim, uh, remind, remind me, Tim Wilder sometime. Okay. Uh, last question. Does anyone not love the Billy Ripken fuckface card? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Ripken fuckface card is the greatest baseball card of all time. And for anyone that wasn't paying attention to us too, I was, I was playing Guess Who's in Kyle's house apparently last night. Oh, that was my I got I got a, a surprise visit from my my best friend in college, Wes. Just showed up at my house at midnight out of the blue. I hadn't seen him in four years, and he turned me on to some real crazy, uh, fucking conspiracy theory shit he told me about this dude david ick icky or ikey something i don't know i feel like parker mm-hmm. you're a big conspiracy guy like that's a dude right yeah i think it's ike yeah something maybe like i've heard i've heard it a lot of different ways though he is blizzard man he he loves those lizard guys he thinks we're controlled by them mm-hmm. and i have been watching i've been falling down very deep wormholes with this guy on youtube about about Nikolai Tesla and how he invented all this stuff and wow it, the the wormhole goes deep people but yeah that was not a clone of Silent Brian that showed up at my house that was not Jeff Burr that showed up at my house Tim it wasn't the guy, it wasn't Rick Sutcliffe it wasn't the or Rick Sutcliffe. Or the pitcher that had one good year to play for the Chicago Cubs in 1988 not Greg Maddox no, but Mike Maddox, Mike Maddox no. It wasn't either of those guys. <laughs> it wasn't Bruce Horner that used to play for the fucking Atlanta Braves that hit four home runs in one game. I have his cards, too. I have that baseball card with him holding the four baseballs. The baseball card chat. I never thought we'd go that deep. Anyway, we got more questions. That is it on that the question, sir. Well, Parker, you are the guest. Let's talk about some seed people. In Comet Valley, the seeds that aliens have planted have grown inside of human souls. Somebody's fooling around in that orchard tonight, Thurman. Look, I got a crop I got to get in. Now, something's got to be done about this. The question is, are you one of them or one of us? Now, they are readying mankind for the harvest that will enslave the Earth. This is the creature I saw in the room with her, Heidi. We can't be sure about anyone anymore. Well, seed people, I thought I'd bring to the show because 
I, I knew that this was a full moon friendly podcast. Uh, and 50%. It's full friendly. <laughs> I could take or leave full moon. Oh, well, that's, that's more full moon friendly than most podcasts then. Um, and yeah, I, I have, I've been buying up as many Mill Creek box sets as possible, like those like 30 DV, like 30 horror movies yeah. for five cents <laughs> that they sell at Odd Lots. And uh, I had one that had, uh, seed people and head of the family on it. So I figured I got to watch one of these and, uh, we all settled on seed people. Uh, it's a movie I've been wanting to see for a long time because it's about space monsters that are also seed people. Yep. Uh, and they are, uh, they're mostly body snatcher monsters. The cover makes them look more like, uh, tiny little midget swamp things, but that's not exactly what they are. Um, if you've seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that's the plot of this. There's a small town America, a comet lands, and now, uh, these sea people are turning people into... And it's into... in Comet Valley also. <laughs> Very ironic. Yes. And yeah, so now this town's getting taken over by these little killer plants that can replicate you and, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, Peter Minugian directed this. He directed a bunch of Full Moon stuff, um... Like Dungeon Master, or at least parts of Dungeon Master, and Demonic Toys and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he just came off of Demonic Toys when he was doing Seed People. Well, I am most interested yeah. in his first first director credit for this movie called The Ape, that was directed by James Franco and stars Jane Franco, James Franco and a guy in an ape suit. I don't understand this. That sounds very weird. It's fucking James Franco. What do you expect? <laughs> uh yeah so this movie is very kind of weird for a full moon movie in that it's like not set in a castle there's a lot of yes are you don't make fun of the italian castle or where to, where was that set kyle romanian, was that uh romanian yeah the romanian <laughs> castle that he owned for many years His lease was up this was post was post lease well no mm-hmm. because he made i think something else in I think Hideous came after. Either that or Meridian. No, Meridian came before because Meridian was actually like around Puppet Master. Huh. Meridian was around the time he made Subspecies. Hmm. Well, we're talking yeah. about sea people, Tim. We're getting off track here. <laughs> no, I just, hey, I just want to get our full moon right. I know we have to be, we have to, we have to come correct on the full moon game around you, Tim. <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, there's like a lot of exteriors, a lot of outside shots. It's very sunny, which is kind of, uh, refreshing for a full moon movie. Yep. Um, this, despite the fact that the monsters are like these two foot tall, like, trash bags full of like leaves <laughs> with googly eyes pr- painted on them, like, they play this real super serious and it gets like kind of boring in the middle part. Yep. Um, but, like, there's a lot of goofy stuff. Um, Sonny Carl Davis shows up, and he's one of my favorite, like, Charles Band actors. He's in Terrorvision, and... He's in some of the transfer... He's in uh, one or two of the transfer films. He's... Pr- you could pretty much track him through almost all of Charles Band's career to the point he's in Evil Bong 4 and 5, I believe. Yeah, he's in a lot of those Evil Bong movies. He might yeah. be in all of them, maybe. Um, 
but he's a Break- good actor. Sorry, Parker. Breaking news. Apparently, my son's been left to watch Fifty Shades of Grey on TV. Oh, no. No, that fucking call CPS on Tim, somebody. That's not right. That's terrible. Why would you do that to your son? Yeah. He's cool. <laughs> what makes it better is he's wearing Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> okay, it's all right, then. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Parker. I thought oh, that had to be said. That's quite all right. I'm glad that you said it. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I hope that somebody paints that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I don't know. This movie is pretty all right. It's kind of goofy in parts. It's kind of slow in parts. Uh, Holly Fields is in it, who is like kind of a little kid in this movie. But a few short later, she was a foxy goth lady in Wishmaster Part Two. Yeah, she was. And that's where I know her from. Yeah. Also, a real life girlfriend of Corey Haim. So that's cool. She's very lucky. Um, <laughs> she saw that Haim peen. Yeah, that she did. Well, she ain't seen it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my favorite scene in this movie is at one point two old men are like looking around in the woods, and one of them said, "Like they find the the seed people pod," and one of them says, "What in the king dong heck of a doodle is that?" <laughs> yes, 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 and, he does. <laughs> and then the seed people pod shoots corn pops all over him, and he dies. And I like that scene a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. This movie's all right. What do you guys think about this movie? Uh, I thought it was pretty crap, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> this is not one of the – this is oddly one of the, like, first full moon movies I remember. Like, I think I probably saw this even before Puppet Master. Or, like, like, that is weird. Is that, like, correct with the time timeline of um, full moon, Tim? No, Seed People is, uh, Parker might correct me on this, I think it's 92, early 93. Yep. It's in 92, according to Letterboxd. Yeah, and this movie is one of those movies, like, it actually had a bigger release on video. Like, this got into the days of where Blockbuster was paying Paramount, who was paying Full Moon, like Charles Band, to put out two movies a month. And basically, Seed People was like the beginning of like a two-year span, two-and-a-half-year span, where the only place you could find full moon movies was literally Blockbuster Video. That was like that span right there. So there would be like 20 copies of Seed People for no apparent reason. Man, Charles Band must have got paid. Holy shit. Somebody got paid. I I will say that. Yeah, I thought it was... The seed people, yeah, they do look like trash bags spitting cocoa puffs everywhere. It's it's a, it's it's not evil bong. It's not that level of garbage or ooga booga. I should say <laughs> this ooga booga was terrible, Tim. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's okay. I, I eh, I'm pretty indifferent on this one, man. There's better full moon movies out there, and I'm surprised this. I'm surprised we're not talking about like a Seed People four or five. This seems like and I was I was going to get into that. He could have easily franchised this out. Yes, mm-hmm. you are correct on that, and it was tried. Really? It, it, yes. Um, this goes back to in Parker. I know you, I don't know if you've heard some of our shows or not, but Kyle and I talk about our conversations with Jeff Burr and some of the other people, and especially I've had with other people. Like John Carr Beekler and some other people. Hey, hey, hey. Call him him by his rightful name, Black Black Toe. Uh, (laughs) 
William Butler and some other people that have worked with Charles Band in the past. And basically the common ground throughout these conversations is Charles Band had so many things going on that if he would get one of ten projects done, that was accomplishment for him. That he had that many films going on at one time and some sort of production or pre-production stuff of that nature. Now, I was a, and still is, a huge fan of Full Moon, and I believe I have a newsletter from around that time saying that Seed People 2 was on the slate. And I do know there was a Seed People comic book, and there was a lot of rumors at that time, but as it like time went on into the mid-90s, and... We were barely getting, you know, two full moon movies a month. We were trying to get two full moon movies in six months where, like, it was just maybe the creeps coming out and a couple of things like that at the time. Uh, See, people, too, kind of got pushed to the wayside because it was Puppet Master or nothing. And that was kind of the same reason why Head of the Family 2 never came out was just, you know, it was, the idea was there. The intention was there. It just never got done or pulled off because they never went back to it because Charles Band was, hey, uh, they're not giving us the money or they're not giving us the distribution in order to do this. And that's kind of the reason why Seed People 2 never happened. But, yeah, it, it, it was set up to have a Seed People 2, 3, Seed People versus Demonic <laughs> Toys. Uh, there was a lot of ideas of that nature, especially if you go through all the old video zones. Yeah, there is talk of a seed people too on some of the other movies. This is one of the first VHSs I remember having one of those after movie video zones on. So that's cool. Anyway, Tim, talk about seed people. I love seed people. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I can't say I love seed people. Because originally, like, I remember when this first came out, and like Kyle, I was having the same thing like Kyle is having now. I was not a big fan of Seed People, even though I do own a Seed People poster somewhere in my basement. <laughs> uh, I, I also a magical place. I've been there. Yeah, I also have a Meridian poster, Crash, Burn, Crash and Burn poster, three different Puppet Master three posters, a couple different Puppet Master two posters, uh, Puppet Master four and five posters, a Parasite poster. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, it, it just see people to me at the time. I wanted another Puppet Master. I wanted another Trancers film at the time, and I wasn't a big fan of Seed People. Then I rewatched it. Uh, I'd say about six years ago, five years ago, when I when Full Moon came back with in a, with a vengeance. And bought like at the full moon sale for five bucks. I got seed people. I enjoyed it a little more. And then watching it again today, pulling that DVD out, I enjoy it more today than I did when it first came out in '92. Uh, I I enjoy it. I like the whole pod people ripoff. It, it, it just I would love to see more of the. I would love to see more of these guys. I would love to see them versus Dollman <laughs> or something ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other reason I think I enjoy Seed People more now than then, um, this was before Bad Channels came to be. And Bad Channels, to me, 
I absolutely despise. If there's a movie of the Full Moon catalog, I think Bad Channels is the one I despise of the catalog. It just bothers me. It does not, it will never sit right with me. But I like see people more now, even though I only give it two out of four stars, I enjoy it more now than I did then. Well, there you go. We're, besides Tim, I think we're all pretty indifferent on sea people. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it, the, the monsters look like that thing at the end of uh, Treasure of the Four Crowns, if that does anything for you guys. Yeah, Seed People was kind of like a fun pizza beer like yeah. starter. If you want to watch like B movies, if you're with friends, you want to get the VHS room started at Horror Realm. There you, you go. You pop in Seed People. There you, there go. you go. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect for somewhere for an environment like that. Yes, I feel like a lot of full moons are like that though. Which oh not, yeah, not necessarily a bad thing, not at all. But anyway, uh. Do you want to go to uh, – I'm going to talk about mine. I'm going to talk about my movie. Go because, for it. Uh, yeah, please, because I didn't get to see yeah. it, but I'm very curious about it. Before you get into this, I have breaking news for you. We have a question from somebody who hasn't been heard from in a long time. Oh, shoot. Who do we have? Silent Brian. I don't give a fuck what Silent Brian says. He wants to know how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck would good chuck wood. See, this is why I don't care what fucking Brian says. He he wants what the fuck is a woodchuck anyway, some kind of beaver or something. I don't fucking care what you say, Brian. Shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> oh, 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 hold on. Breaking news. T-shirt Somebody Joe just... chimes in. Uh, T-shirt Joe, who is the worst famous guitarist? Kurt Cobain. Is <laughs> he actually a guitarist? Yes, uh, I mean, for a legendary band, I mean, the guy could play guitar, but he wasn't like Dick Dale or anything. You know what I mean? Dick Dale. <laughs> Dick Dale is the best. <laughs> Don't fucking disparage Dick Dale. I know. I just love how you pulled him like out of. I love Dick Dale. I've loved Dick Dale the forever. He's amazing. You just pull out Dick Dale. Fucking great. I got to see him live. He's like a seventy-five-year-old left-handed oh, yeah, gunslinging yeah. genius. Get to see him live with like fifteen people at a bar. He was fucking amazing. Unfortunately, he didn't have his deltones with him, but it was just him. But still. Oh, hey, oh, oh. God damn it. Are we going to have to fucking... What do you want, Joe? T-shirt Joe wants to know who's the cinema's worst samurai. (laughs) (laughs) Cinema's worst... Oh, that's easy. The silver samurai from that fucking shitty Wolverine movie. Uh, You sure? Uh, I I just want to say... Or Tom uh, Cruise from that other shitty samurai movie. Yeah, or Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes was pretty shitty. I don't know. Anyway, fuck. Questions are done. We're done for the questions. Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't feel at home in this world anymore is probably right now my favorite movie of the year. I have watched this uh, three times, I think, since it premiered on Netflix maybe about a month ago. And like I said, it's it's, uh, directed by Macon Blairs. This is his first movie. It's the guy from – He's in all those guys' movies. Green Room, Murder Party, Blue... He's the main character in Blue Ruin, which I really want to watch again. I just can't find it anywhere. But anyway, this is uh, a great-ass movie from... Yeah, you know, like I said, it, I'm just repeating my... I'm terrible at talking about fucking movies. Uh, Dude, you're doing a great job. No, you I always do. Suck. You say that. I suck. You you say that when... I suck. You're No, you don't. I suck. Anyway, um, this... I, I don't know anyone in this movie other than Elijah Wood, which is a great plus for me. And it also, mm-hmm. like, the the best part about this movie is it's filmed really great, and all these people I totally believe are people, like real-ass human beings. It You're not getting, like, a Jennifer Lawrence in here or a supermodel. You know, you just have this plain-ass girl in this movie, and it's and Elijah Wood plays, like, this weird dorky ninja ninja kid who everybody went to fucking elementary school with one of these kids and this is like the grown-up version of like the ninja elementary school kid who was always like (laughs) making ninja stars and stuff i don't know hey i did that for about two days well then you were the fucking weird ninja kid fucking snorting kool-aid at recess joe uh, no i didn't snort it i just (laughs) just chugged it dude fucking gross anyway this is a quasi revenge movie it's about this girl who is working at a hospice, uh, as a hospice nurse. She basically tends to people, you know, in this place to where they're put to die. And she's just, everyone in the, she's just real down. Everybody, all she sees is people being assholes to each other. And, you know, they'll have scenes of like her sitting beside like a monster truck, just blowing black fumes in the air. And she's just like, why do you have to be an asshole? Anyway, one day she comes home and her house has been robbed by what you come to find out are a group of what I consider meth heads. They don't really go out and say meth. 
but she gets her computer stolen and her grandma's antique silver service stolen. So, she, uh, you know, like normal, she goes to the cops and the cops got better things to do. They, they come file a report and that's about the end of that. So she, she kind of is like, you know, I'm, I'm a little sick of this shit. You know, I've done nothing wrong. Um, nobody wants to help me. I'm going to try to help myself. She enlists uh, a neighborhood buddy that's uh, played by Elijah Wood with a rocking ass rat tail and some fucking moon boots, I think. I don't know. He's, he's really like, like if you could cross Napoleon Dynamite with the Karate Kid, <laughs> that's who Elijah <laughs> Wood is playing. This real nerdy, like fucking Kung Fu kid. I don't know, but he has a Saxon shirt and he's got a fucking Judas Priest poster, so he's pretty cool in my book. Um, they find a footprint in the backyard, which they pour epoxy in and take to the police. The police still don't care. So she finds that her computer has one of those programs on it to where it will tell her where it is. And one night it comes on, so she goes and gets it. And she, she starts standing up for herself and, you know, doing what the she's taking the law into her own hands on a very minimalist you know scale she's not like you know being jean renault and the professional about shit or anything she's just walking up to the guy's house and demanding her computer back which she gets and then she learns out learns about you know where her antique service is and she goes to this really cool like i i feel like this is a a film made in in like austin texas it probably if, if if it's not that's surprising because it really has that fucking indie feel to it. That's, but it's not mm-hmm. not at all like, like the Austin hipster asshole type crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are probably like the people who actually live in Austin that are that have been there forever. At least that's how I feel. Uh, anyway, she she starts tracking all this stuff back to these three meth heads. Who there's a scene where uh, they do a deal for a couple guns with a guy that is played by Derek Mears shows up in this, which is awesome because he punches, nice. Yeah. He punches the guy's teeth out. He he sells the guy a really shitty handgun and a really shitty, like Mad Max sawed off, rusted out double barrel shotgun who, and then the guy makes some sly remark about how he stinks because, well, that's only because, you know, we dropped your mom off or something and he gets his teeth punched out for it, which I thought was awesome. But, uh, you know, they, they keep tracking this kid who stole her stuff and they're trying to get it back. And they run into his parents, which are just a bunch of rich assholes that don't give a fuck about what their kid do, does. And it all it all goes south at the end in a scene that has some very, very shocking violence in it. There that there's a scene at the end of this movie because there's a cup. It's it's very gory. But there's a couple scenes in here that, like, kind of push it over the uh, threshold of what kind of movie you think you're watching. Like, there's a scene where she steals her antique service back, and the guy snaps her finger. And you know how I am with broken bones, dude. I was like, I can't look. She's just holding it straight up in the camera. And she has, like, Denzel Washington finger, where it's just, like, at a 90-degree angle. And he's like, no! I'm fast-forwarding it and shit. But, uh, yeah, the end scene, there was some very shocking violence, some very shocking stuff with a snake. Um, it's just, this movie is Green Room Light. It's it's not that hardcore, but it's not as, as uh, you know, mainstream as 
I don't know. This is the kind of movie I like more than horror movies. I said that with Green Room. I'm going to say it with this. And so far, this is just a great quasi-revenge movie with some regular-ass people in here with no, like, superpowers. Or, you know, you don't have fucking Bree Stevenson in here going in there and shooting up the joint. It's just like, what if you had to do this? And I think it's really great. So far, it's a movie of the year. What would you guys think? Did you watch this, Parker? I did watch it, yeah. What do you think? Well, I've been wondering. I I just watched it today. I've been wanting to see it since it came out uh, because I love this dude mm-hmm. as an actor. And yeah, I think this movie rules. It's definitely one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Uh, it's very Blue Ruin esque, where yeah, it's like a dude who like wants to get revenge, but he's just like I mean, he's not Charles Bronson or anything. He's just some normal ass dude. So you know, he he fucks up a lot trying to get this revenge, and so do these people. Like they kind of make things worse, and you know, I mean at times and you know uh and i think that unlike well i mean there's some humor in the the jeremy saulnier movies but this is a lot funnier than those Mm -hmm. like this definitely has like very funny parts uh like one dude who uh is eating yogurt i found that guy very funny (laughs) did you find that guy horrifying (laughs) i know you have a fear of white food I do, but it was more funny than horrifying because she's like, hey, you know, my stuff's been stolen, you know, and he's like, hmm, and she's like, oh, what is it? And he's like, oh, it's yogurt you can sip on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's just a funny line to me. Um, but yeah. Um, the violence in this is like really great and really horrific. At times it kind of borders on in that climactic scene, like a little too cheeky, but it. I think it all works. Well, let's spoil it. It didn't, it didn't, sh- it shocked the living hell out of me when that, Tim, there's a part where there's a gunfight at the end and I already mm-hmm. said spoilers. So fuck everybody who's going to get pissed. Um, they sold them a really rusted out cheap ass double barrel shotgun. <laughs> and the chick that's wielding it is the chick from the evil dead remake and don't breathe, which I didn't know because they have her dressed up like a fucking meth skag. Um, she just goes to fire this gun and it blows her hands off. It blows up in her hands. And that is nice. only after she gets sh- stuck in the face with a ninja star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, there, it, there's some shocking shit at the end of this movie that it, it's not so much shocking in the stuff that we watch, you know, but like in the tone of this movie, you go from like these two people being happy and goofing off and dancing in their apartment to some real old country music to like, chick's hands getting blowed off because they tried to shoot a rusted out gun yeah like yeah this isn't like a ghoul movie or anything like that'll like upset you but for what they set up in like the first half of this movie how dark and violent it gets is shocking for the movie definitely yeah well what do you give it i'm I'm happy that you liked it i gave it what is the how many stars are we doing as many as you want doesn't matter yeah Okay, uh, well, I'll go with the letterboxed rating, the letterboxed style of having five stars. I gave it four, but I'm probably going to edit it to be four, four, 4.5, because this movie's, like, pretty pretty great. I liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, this is, so far, my favorite movie of the year, Tim. You need to talk to Out of Print Dan, maybe get you a copy of this. I know you, I weren't, will, like I said, you weren't too hot on Green Room. You might not like this. Yeah, but I enjoyed Green Room. I just didn't think, like, on your level of the Green Room. Like, I liked the green room. I liked what it was. I wasn't going gaga over it like some people. Well, maybe it's just because, like, I've, I've not been in that situation. But I've been in, you know, I, I'm sure, like, Parker, we've, we've been to places like that. 
and, yeah. and we can relate to you know having assholes that you want fucking smashed to bits at concerts and shit just being dickhead assholes and that's what they get in that movie maybe that's why i like and i was so gonna say, and i was gonna say the trailer for this movie i find interesting the movie looks interesting like yeah this is something i'm definitely gonna watch down the road yeah like i i definitely it has my interest where i'm gonna make sure i see this at some point and it was very shocking that i liked it this much i mean it's fucking fantastic and you know i i told joe if there's a fucking movie that says t-shirt joe this has got his name written all over it i mean i bet he would love this and i say that in completely non-sarcastic terms yeah but yeah this is a major recommendation for anybody um mm-hmm. i think yeah i like this elijah wood i like how he's breaking away from frodo doing these weirdo things and i'm sure he's in with those austin dudes you know down there in austin he's probably i don't know executive produced this movie which is you know bring me more any anything more from making blair and uh that jeremy saw i know he didn't have anything to do with this but uh that jeremy saw guy jesus christ give me more of green room please yeah absolutely these dudes are two of my like favorite directors mm-hmm. right now yeah I want to even though this dude's only done one thing mm-hmm. monster party <laughs> Or Murder Party. No, thanks. I really don't like that movie. I love that movie. I know. That's one we disagree on. But let's talk about... Yep. Let's talk about some Six Dream Samurai, Tim. In 1957, the bomb dropped. The last bastion of freedom became a place called Lost Vegas. And Elvis was crowned king. Now, his only heir has died, and Vegas needs a new king. And one guitar-picking, sword-swinging wanderer is fighting for the throne. And one lone orphan is along for the ride. If you scratch my guitar, I'll kill you. Follow the yellow brick road, homie. Do you know who I am? Nope. You know, we don't get too many new guys around here. A lot of king wannabes on their way to Vegas. You are in Soviet territory. No one goes through. The war is over, baby. It's been over for years. So all you commies, step aside. Neither armies nor bowlers. Nice tuxedo. Nice tuxedo to die. Nor death himself. Don't let the four eyes reach Vegas alive. We'll keep them from their quest. I gotta get a new gig. The six-string samurai, and he became a legend. Jeffrey Falcon, Justin McGuire, six-string samurai. 
Ah, uh, Six String Samurai, a fun post-apocalyptic movie. And yes, folks, I am trying to get back on my uh, post-apocalyptic uh, trend here. You never got off. And I want- That's all you've been watching for fucking like, <laughs> all this year. Uh, I, and I wanted to go back to this because I remember when this first came out, this is like Six String Samurai was kind of like a project that came out of like after Pulp Fiction hit. Like a few years after that, like everybody wanted, like it opened up the door for some of these movies. But at the same time, like Sundance got bought up, uh, bought up, and like there wasn't like the true independent anymore. But the thing was, we got to see a lot more of these smaller movies, like festival movies, more often. And Six String Samurai was one of those. Like, after El Marache and stuff like that came out, like, this uh, this appeared. And it, it was kind of like the trend in the late 90s where uh, where filmmaking was going. Just, you know, you got to see really cool, weird stuff like this. And, again, Six String Samurai, post-apocalyptic, it is different. It is kind of like, think of the Watchmen kind of thing, where it has its own alternate universe. It's 1957, the bomb is dropped, everything goes to hell, the Russians take over, and Elvis becomes the king of Lost Vegas. Not Las Vegas, Lost Vegas. Elvis dies, like 40 years pass, Elvis dies. And there's still music, but it's kind of like the road warrior without cars. And basically we... Come to know this guy who's traveling with a guitar named Buddy. And he's traveling to Vegas because he's going to be the new king. And it's to the point that you get really early on, you know this dude is a good guitarist, basically. He's an old-fashioned rock and roll Chuck Berry type of guy that even death or bootleg Rob Zombie is trying to chase him down and kill him the whole time. But as Buddy travels, he finds a little kid, saves him, doesn't want anything to do with him. But as he keeps going along, he keeps running in where he has to save this little kid. And along the way, he's fighting other rock and rollers, the Russians, death, the spinach monster, and even the heat at one point. And it's just if you're a big fan of that type of like old school rock and roll, like Elvis kind of 50s, early 60s rock and roll. That's all the Red Elvises are playing throughout this. It's really cool stuff. But it's just, it's a simple plot. Catch on to the Wizard of Oz kind of deal where he's trying, Vegas is kind of Oz. He is, they even make reference in the movie, following the Yellow Brick Road. And it's to the point where it's not so much Buddy has to make it. It gets to the point where this kid, this orphan, needs to make it to Oz, and he defeats death. I enjoy the weirdness of this, and I enjoy the soundtrack. Now, is it the most perfect movie? No, it's not. But if you're looking for something different, something interesting, and just and if you did, like me, get to see it in 1997 and want to go back and check it out, and you're just a big fan of post-apocalyptic movies, it is well worth revisiting. I give it three out of four stars. What did you guys think of it? Parker, you go. 
Um, well, we did this movie a long time ago uh, for the Junk Food Dinner Show on episode 54. Uh, so I've seen it before, and I've been wanting to watch it again because it has so many things that I love in it. Like you said, it's like Mad Max, and I'm. It is, I'm, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's like got that kind. Of, I mean, it's it's got that setting. Like you could, yes. Like if the director of this movie was like, "Yo, this is set in the world of Mad Max," you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, um. So it's got like that, and it's also very similar to Fallout, which is my absolute favorite thing in the entire world. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's like remarkably similar to the. Las Vegas Fallout game. Yep. I mean, I think that those guys were very influenced by this movie. Um, I mean, there's even... I, I mean, they kind of rip off the entire thing about the king. Like, there's an entire gang called the Kings when you get to Las Vegas in that game. So, um, so I mean, you know, I, I like all this stuff. Like, I like all this, like, kitschy 50s America that's now in the post-apocalypse and um, and stuff like that. And I love this. The music is great. And, like, it's kind of a cool movie, like, but it's, I don't know, it's filmed in, like, this way where it's, like, just kind of hard to get into. Like, it's filmed, like, kind of like a dream. Like, people will be saying yeah. things, but, like, their lips don't move or, yep. like, I, yeah. I know it exactly you're saying. And part of me wonders if it's because uh, the filmmaker was limited budget-wise. I just, I, I, I think this wasn't... The, there was a lot of money poured into this budget, or poured into the film because there wasn't any. I think this was like, hey, we're gonna do a independent film, shoestring budget kind of deal, and everything got to be right. But also at the same time, I think they purposely went for this effect because I think that separates it from a lot of films. Sounds like you're not yeah. too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do think it's on purpose, like the way that everything's kind of like dreamlike and and stuff, and that things don't match up. Um, I don't know. I kind of don't like it though. It's kind of hard to like make it. I don't know. There's just something about like that style that makes you kind of like detached from the from what's happening on screen and the characters. Um, so I never like really care too much. Also, it's like Mad Max in that it's about like this tough dude who has to save kids and like I hate when that happens in movies. Yep. Hey, it's my no. argument with oh, Thunderdome. <laughs> I'm with you, Parker. It's my argument with Thunderdome. <laughs> don't fucking hate disparage it. Thunderdome on my podcast, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Thunderdome is poop. You suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much crap about Thunderdome, but uh, yeah, like in this movie, I don't really like, uh, yeah, I don't really like that plot device. Like, I wish it was something else. Like, I wish it was some. You know, he has to, he's hired by some goons to take something somewhere rather than saving a kid. Like, I don't know. Like, I just I don't care about that. I, I totally understand that. I think this falls in the category for me where this is one of the very, very, very few movies that it's like, if you say you hate it, I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't have an argument against you disliking the movie because it's like, I can see why you dislike it. This movie was not made for, I think, a widespread, a widespread audience. I, I, I just, there isn't. But it is one of the few movies that falls in that category where it's like, yeah, sure, if you don't like it, I'm not going to argue with you. You know, yeah. this, this isn't Prince of Darkness. <laughs> True, this is not Prince of Darkness. Yeah, I, and I don't totally dislike it. Like, I think that there's some stuff. Like, I like the whole vibe of it and stuff, but. Um, it's a per we talk about these kind of movies on junk food dinner sometimes like movies that are good to just put on 
in the background while you're like having a party and like people yeah. are listening to music and stuff. This is perfect for that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, for that I like it, and you know I like the vibe and stuff. So I would give it two out of four stars. That's a fair representation of this movie. I like this movie because it's like it's got one of my favorite tropes in it. Uh, I think like uh, Streets of Fire does it, uh, The Dark Backward does it, where something's happened to the world and you're just not privy to it. It's it's one of my favorite things that movies do. Like uh, somewhere along the timeline, like something happened and then like it's split off, but they're not going to tell you what that is. And your mind fills that in. I think that's awesome. I like how this I is think a, they, I was going to say real quick, Kyle, I think they let you a little, like a yeah, glimpse yeah, yeah. into it. With that fifties family, mm-hmm. that's out in the de- like he, him and the kid come across and he tries to leave the kid there with them and they steal his car. Yeah, I, I think that gives you a little bit of glimpse into that. But yeah, you're right on that. Yeah, this is one of my you're- favorite things that movies like. Some of my favorite movies have that, you know, plot point in it where somewhere along the timeline something's happened to the world, and. And it's just stuck in wherever, like the 50s or something. I, I like this is because uh, it's kind of like what if Buckaroo Banzai got crossed with like an old uh, like Lone Wolf and Cub movie because he has the kid that he's protecting. And he's also yeah. a samurai and he plays guitar and he's Buddy Holly. That's cool as shit. This is one of the first movies that caught my eye when I first got my Netflix account back when they sent you the DVDs. Like, I was like, wow, this guy looks like Buckaroo Banzai. This guy's a Santa. This looks great. Right up my alley. And I got it in. And I don't love it, but I think there's enough unique stuff going on here that merits, like, I think this needs to be, like, talked about more. Like, it's it's not the best of movies. Maybe there's some missteps in there. But I, lo- I love it in with all its warts. I really like the, the, you know, the Red Elvises are great. The the fucking Vegas stuff is great. Even the kid, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I know a lot of people don't like, you know, kids in their serious movies. That can be a very big drawback, but uh, I don't mind them. The kid's great. I, I love all this stuff. Like, it's, it's a hodgepodge of stuff I like put together, so you can't go wrong there. I'm going to give it 600 stars. <laughs> it gets it's not the best movie <laughs> your son's summoning the dark lord again oh yeah, yeah as he watches 50 shades of gray i'm sure there's <laughs> i'm sure there's some crazy stuff going on at the tim gross household right now but i i like it i give it a recommendation just it's not um given maybe like a million dollars i think they could have done more i'm very curious because i need to look to see what this director also did. Oh, he did the fourth Crow movie, which is oh, one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. Like, if you think this movie's good, you should definitely watch that because uh, it's a weird movie. Is that the one with Dennis Hopper and oh no, uh, Tara Reid yeah. and yeah, yeah, and okay. uh, Angel from Buffy and Tito yeah, David Ortiz. Brins. Yeah, yeah. This looks like a big bag of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's Self-age. not like a, yeah. It's a wicked prayer. Yeah. It's not the wicked. best movie, but it's like it's so weird that it's like fascinating. Like that somebody would go, oh yeah, we've got like this huge franchise. Why don't you just make a weird, uh, like this weird 
Western version of it where Edward Furlong and Dennis Hopper just yell at each other for like an hour and a half. <laughs> that sounds pretty yes. good, actually. I could, you know, there's nothing wrong with Dennis Hopper going crazy in a movie. I don't care what it is. I would watch that it's, all day. It's a wild movie. You should check it out. Uh, and I also feel like we're going to get a lot of emails because we spoke bad about uh, Edward Furlong. We're going to get an email from a certain fan, Tim. Oh, uh, yeah, you're uh, peeing productions, buddy. Peeing the butt productions. Peeing your gonna, butt productions. They're not going to be happy with what I said. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. Hey, you're not going to finance uh, Sasquatch Taco Truck if you keep talking about God it. God damn it. I got to get – what about Rape Squatch? Can we still get Rape Squatch out there? I feel like that's a thing that needs to happen. Come on, people. Um, anyway, uh, next week is uh, Wasteland, Tim. And we're not yep. we're not doing a show. But we're coming back the week after that with Dano. Ooh, surprise, you didn't know that. <laughs> Dano, yep. Dano's coming on. He's going to do uh, the Slaughterhouse-Five. I have to get you a link because okay. he sent me a link. Um, okay. I am picking what I was referring to as Outback Rape Truck. Yes. At, wait, at uh, Horror Realm. Fair game. Yes. As soon as you sent that, I kind of figured that's yeah. what, it, what it was. And you had something picked, too. What was that? Uh, I have no clue. Well, <laughs> I honestly have no clue right now. I will, from Tim. I, I will let you know. Yeah, in a few days. Yeah. I haven't thought about it, cool. but yeah. Well, Parker, what what do you have to promote here, sir? At the end of the show. Well, I do the Junk Food Dinner podcast, which is about movies and stuff. It's at junkfooddinner.com, and I do the Pool Party Radio Show, which is about how much me and my friend Frisbee hate being alive, and that's at poolpartyradio.com. <laughs> and uh, we're also on itunes and all that other stuff cool what about you tim promote some stuff uh, of course you can always find me here at bloodbass and boomsticks you can find me at grossmoviereviews.com and if you're not making it to wasteland you can always find my books at lulu.com uh i want to promote everyone bringing us beer at wasteland yes that's what i want to promote we need yingling i know buzz will be there with neckades so yes Maybe I got. Uh, maybe I'll bring my totem to ward away neckades with the sign about all vodka I got from Buzz. Start rubbing it all over your body now. Yeah, man. I need to because that guy. Whew. Uh, Parker, thanks for coming on, dude. We wanted you to come back for a long ass time. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much, sir. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's always fun. It is. Uh, I guess that's it, everybody. Thanks to Parker Bowman and Tim, and and we're out of here. Turn out the lights. The party's over They say that all Good things must end Call it a night The party's over And tomorrow starts The same old thing again
they think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Hey, Vasquez, have you ever been mistaken for a man? No. Have you? Cattle loaf. Sidekick. Fuck you! Cattle loaf does not deserve to smell my shit! That limey truck sucker can rot in hell for all I care! What happened? How dare that asshole bring a cow off? You think it takes talent to play Frankenstein? It's all on makeup and then grunting words. Cheers! Uh, this what again exactly? Use buzz. Oh, good. See things no one else can see. Do things no one else can do. Real things. It's real as low pan. What can a guy ask for? You want to play rough? You know, you look like your head fell on the cheese dip back in 1957. You, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. I live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Is this something you could share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry? What did I teach you? You part the Duke of New York, you're a number one. Oh, Joe Miller, you just found the marble in the oatmeal. You're a lucky, lucky, lucky little boy, because you know why? You get to drink from the fire hose! I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.